We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Almost every team in the association has played at this point. The final two, the 76ers and the Bucks, are playing tonight. So we've gotten a look at just about everybody. Some really exciting stuff. Malik Monk. How about Malik Dunk? Good Lord, we may have just seen the dunk of the year candidate on opening night, but we've got tons to talk about today. We've got some more James Harden news because, of course, we also have strange stuff happening with the Chicago Bulls. Alarming things, to say the least. We'll dive into all of it. I'm Trevor Lane, joined by Keith Smith. Keith, uh, I guess let's just start with this. The, the Victor Wembanyama debut, underwhelming, about what you expected. How did you How did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it was a lot closer to what I expected. I, it, it's funny. I saw, um, I think it was Josh Eberle posted something like, what's your expected one Yama line uh-huh. tonight? And, of course, you had the people who, you know, said things like 50 points and 25 right, right. rebounds and, you know, like Wilt Chamberlain ask. I, I always want to say, like, crazy things that would never happen. And I'm like, well, actually, Wilt Chamberlain did that stuff. So I guess it could in theory. But, like, I saw a lot more of like 25 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks, like a lot of those. And I was like, that's really like what people are expecting. Like that felt a little, a little ambitious with, with that. Yeah. So for, for me, I you know, wanted to see, did the game look too fast for him? Did it look too physical for him? Uh, never looked too physical. A couple of times it looked a little fast for him maybe. Um, he, he's, he is so much all arms and legs that like he's going to pick up reaching fouls just because it might look weird and he can reach in places where like guys wouldn't even try other yeah. guys. So that that's the only two, but you know, I thought in general, pretty good debut looked pretty good. We just got to tone down the following a little bit and that'll keep him on the floor a little bit more uh, that the, the pull up three in transition, I could tell pop wasn't a huge Super big yeah. fan of that one uh, fairly early on in the game. Like that was, but I think that was probably just more his juice was flowing and he wanted to kind of do some stuff. So yeah, right. all around. I mean, that block on that Kyrie elbow pull up like right mm-hmm. away in the game. And then Kyrie was like, what? Like who? nobody right. blocks this shot. Like, like it was a, that, that was, that, that was something. And you know, he's, he's going to be a special player. Yeah, I mean the the you could hear the arena just buzzing every time he touched the ball, and and yeah. frankly, I thought the Spurs 
looked pretty good. Like they played with energy. They were right there. I thought that they were actually, I thought they were going to beat the Mavs at one point, um, but the Mavs were able to, to pull away. But um, yeah, I think on that point there too, that was the difference between the Mavs have Luca and Kyrie and a bunch of vets going yeah. against a bunch of kids. Like they knew yep. how to close out the game and the Spurs didn't like that. That's all Absolutely. that was. And the Spurs will, they'll, they'll learn. They'll figure that out. So, Keith, this was what stood out to me. And by the way, my wife was watching the game with me and she said, uh, even she, I said, I said, look at this, this guy's, she doesn't know anything about women. Yama. Sure. Right? She hasn't been following at all. And I said, look at this guy that's out there. And she's like, why is he so much bigger than everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Like what's, what is, like, what is it? It looks like, you know, a, a high school junior playing against third graders, right? In terms of, of size, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But the thing that stands out to me the most is the plays where I'm expecting a highlight reel block, like typically you see a guy come in at the rim and they're going to challenge, you know, and, and Anthony Davis or Brooke Lopez or some of the other, you know, the, the big time shot blockers in the NBA, even, you know, Joel Embiid, some of these guys, you see somebody going up to challenge them and you're getting ready. Like, Oh, either this is going to be a ferocious dunk or just an insane block. I'm getting that kind of anticipation when he's closing out to the three point line. Yeah, like I'm expecting him to get a hand, and he almost does so many times that he uh, he's going to get a few of them. But I'll tell you what, it is spooky season, so I don't know if you saw this going around. Um, Tim Duncan's wow NBA debut: fifteen points, <laughs> six for nine shooting, two assists. Victor Wembanyama's NBA debut: fifteen points, six for nine shooting, two assists. That's 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 crazy. That is, yeah, that is crazy. It is yeah. the season. Oh God. Tim Duncan debuted 26 years ago. Like now that's my take. <laughs> now you feel old. <laughs> I, I am old. Like I very clearly remember that entire like year of uh the, the Celtic season was like they're 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 gonna get two top picks, they're gonna you know come away. At the time it was Tim Duncan and Keith Van Horn. Tim Duncan, Keith Van Horn. That's who they're gonna get. And they came away with Chauncey Billups and Ron Marser. And mm. <laughs> so so be it. <laughs> Rick Patino's grand plan uh failed before we were even through one NBA draft lottery. I, I think back to those years and it doesn't seem like that long ago. Cause like you said, I remember stuff vividly from back then. Remember, you know, Glenn Rice joining the Lakers. And is this the right dude? <laughs> do they really give up Eddie Jones and all that? And I'm like, that doesn't feel all that long ago. And then I remember refreshing text only stories on my blackberry you know there was no pictures or anything yeah. just, it's just text on there and the little wheel on the side they had for a little bit and the trackball and all that i'm like okay that was a long time ago yeah um, i was telling <laughs> someone the other day like because they they were like it's you know we we both work with some people who are they've never not known never mind not known the internet they've never not known like twitter Right. So, oh, so yeah. for them, it's like, how did you guys get news before Twitter? And it's like, man, like I remember how we got news before the internet. It was like, turn yep. on the nightly newscast or read about it in the paper mm -hmm. the next day. If, if it happened early enough before the paper went to print the night before, like it was, you know, like a whole thing then. But sure. I was, I was talking about, I remember one, one year, um, we happened to have a day off of school on the NBA trade deadline day. And I remember mm -hmm. legitimately sitting in the old AOL ba NBA basketball chat room. And that was like all the diehards would sit in there. Uh -huh. It was really no different than Twitter is now where like, you know, we all 
sit there and chat on Twitter and, and refresh stuff. and yeah. And we would sit there and everybody was was talking and it was literally a bunch of people saying our radio just had, you know, this guy on. It was like back then, like the big NBA insider was Peter Vesey. Mm-hmm. And it was like Peter Vesey was just on the radio here in Seattle because they still had a team talking about how they're looking at maybe trading for, I want to say it was that year, Dominique Wilkins was oh. like who, who they were talking about. Like he, the, I want to say it was the year he, uh, Wilkins might have gotten traded to the Clippers, if I remember right. And it might be a little off on my memory with that because it was a while ago. But I very clearly remember just sitting in there and it was like a bunch of people like reporting like because there wasn't, there was no Woj. There was none of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Woj existed. Obviously, he was he was a real person and alive, but I think he was probably in college then. So, like, but he certainly wasn't. There was no Twitter where it mm-hmm. was like, yo, let me share what we're hearing this way. And yeah, it was it was yo, it was kind of crazy. And like in Sports Center, like get taped like three times a day. There was like one, right. you know, in the early evening, one uh, you know. Uh, later evening and then one like late one and then just replay it yeah just ran until the early evening one you know started running so you yeah you you you'd sit there and watch the same thing you know for at least i did for hours on end so yeah (laughs) the good the good old days the good old days um yeah yeah absolutely that was was a different time it was a different time refreshing news on espn's front page Yes, for stuff to pop yep. up there, you know. Yep. Now it's that's. Do you remember when it was though. like, like we're gonna do a live blog and like? Oh that yeah, was like the way. Yep. Like, and man, I I I probably refreshed that thing so many times. I was probably the one like, why is this whole thing now crashed? Because like I was just sitting there hitting uh, what was it F five on the keyboard back then? F5, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, speaking of stuff that wouldn't have maybe made its way out years ago, uh, the Bulls had a players only meeting already. Well, maybe it would have, cause they mentioned it to the media. So it would have gotten in, in, into the, the media reports, but well, and clear, to be clear, Billy Donovan mentioned it to the media first. Out of, right. You know, anybody. Exactly. Exactly. So this, this indeed, I, my, my crude transition didn't work out because this still would have made it out <laughs> because it was mentioned directly to the media, but uh, the thunder beat up on the bull, the thunder who is everybody's, you know, team. We need to watch this year. Um, beat the Bulls 124 to 104. This is game one, though, Keith. And the Bulls are having a player players-only meeting where, according to Billy Donovan, he walked into the locker room and saw that the conversation was already kind of heated and said, hey, do you guys want me to let you work this out on your own and leave? And they said yes. <laughs> um, a players-only meeting night one, I I look, the, this, the tale, the way that it's being told, could be making it into a bigger deal than what it really is. That's certainly possible, but that's also not a great sign to be having to clear the air on night one. Yeah, definitely not how you want to start, right? And you don't want to start by getting blown out at home, of course, either. Correct. So there's there's that component of it. And I, I think the whole heated conversation and the coach stepping away is a more common thing than people maybe realize. Like sometimes the coaches are like, I'm going to give them a little bit of space. That doesn't sure. necessarily mean it's the true, you know, dreaded players only meeting, which have, have one of those ever actually led to anything good. Like maybe momentarily it does, but like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. There's no way to track. in the bubble. They resume playing with a giant players only meeting. True. We, yeah. got, we got to that. And I we guess. saw the guys that's, work through a lot yeah. of stuff. And that was a very different, but that's a thing, very though. unique. Yeah, that was yes. Not a, 
that that was not a hey man you blew this coverage in the third quarter and i'm making yeah you. that was let's real work world it. stuff creeping in there so correct i i um i my guess is this will be one of those things we'll all we'll either we're gonna forget about this or this is gonna be one of those things where a month two months from now we're gonna be like Remember how they had a players only meeting mm -hmm. on the opening night? This is and then we're gonna began. be like, well, this all was predictably falling apart. Mm -hmm. I I think the challenges, the bulls are I, I wonder if there's some reality of this is who we are now. Like we're this very much a middle of the pack team that is gonna be fighting to be a play-in team. And there's a lot of proud veterans on that team that are probably thinking, This is not where I want to be, and that leads to the, the heated moments and all those kind of things. And just to be clear too, Billy Donovan clarified, like guys weren't screaming at each other. It was just, sounds like very intense. Vucevic said, Hey, we had to, we had to air some of this stuff out. And maybe some of the stuff was lingering because they didn't make massive roster changes in Chicago. So maybe there is some stuff that was, you know, carried over from last year, you know, where guy, you know, maybe somebody was like, Hey man, you blew that pick and roll coverage every time last year too. And, and part of the reason I'm using blown pick and roll coverages, Shea Gilgis Alexander just carved them up and did whatever he wanted mm -hmm. in pick and roll all night long. So yeah, he's so very good. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, right there. There's there's the big news break of this whole thing. SGA. Good. <laughs> SGA good. Um, somebody somebody <laughs> asked me, Keith. I just got to say, somebody sent this to me on uh, on on X, as it were. Um, said it said, is there any way the Lakers could trade for SGA? I just responded, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, yeah. they are not. He is so good. Like, I think he hasn't gotten to that, like, household name status just yep. yet, but he's getting there. He will get there. He's Yeah, I had somebody, there was Celtics fans, some of them, were a little frustrated with Jalen Brown's play last night. He was having no, not the best game. He had just a rough night. And, you know, it'll happen. It just sucks that it happened on opening night for him. But there was a couple people like, is there any way we could package him with picks for SGA? And it's like, really? Like we're, we're there like after you know, one so bad funny. night, like it's just, but that more spoke to, I'll, I'll choose to emphasize the positive of SGA is awesome. And of course, yes. you know, 29 yeah. other teams would love to have him and guess what? You're not getting him. So let's all move, move on because the thunder love him probably more than any of the other 29 teams do. And the Thunder are not exactly a bad team that needs to be selling off their good players for assets. They're, they're, they're headed in a direction where he will be a very big part of whatever is next. You know, what's, what's kind of funny is, and I know that there are, there's some parallels, um, you know, between stocks and, and sports, but you know, in the stock market, the, the, what you always hear, right. Oh, I mean, forever has been buy low, sell high. In the sports world, like from the fan perspective, it's the opposite. When a player struggles, everybody is like, trade this guy, trade this guy, trade yeah. this guy. And they want to trade for the guy that just had a great blow up <laughs> yeah. performance because there's the real world application of, you know, hey, we want to win games right now and all that. So, I mean, huge differentiators and not to mention the fact that these are players and, and all of that. But but um, it's just funny the, the way as soon as a player is struggling, oh, get rid of him and get this guy that's clearly way better. That's uh, kind of difficult to do. Yeah, one of my favorite things is when we get the, um, you know, this guy stinks. We should trade him for Superstar X. For Superstar, yep. <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? Because he he stinks, so I'm sure other teams are lining up to give up their <laughs> Can you imagine you know, that, that conversation? 
Hey, other general manager. Yeah. We really don't like this guy. He yeah. is terrible. Can you send us your best player for him? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he is rotten to the core. And he kicks puppies. Like, oh, oh, God. Send us your oh, superstar with draft picks. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, you know, but it's, I mean, in some of it, Trust me, I get it. Some of it is like sure. it just it, it's in jest, it's in fun, and yes. you know people like to you know say outlandish things. But yeah, it's uh yeah, <laughs> it's that that one never ceases to get me though. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, the Pacers are going to be extending Rick Carlisle, who he, he's he's well respected around the league, but. Mm-hmm. I've long thought he's a he's a very very good coach. Like probably a little bit. Like he got he's gotten some credit over the years. It's not like he's just totally flown under the radar or anything. But I think he's a better coach than he quite gets credit for, if that makes sense. Um, so good to see the Pacers, who are a team that that you know are going to be on the rise here this season. I expected them to be though. Um, good to see them committing to him moving forward. Yeah, it was funny because. In that whole overreaction to one night kind of stuff said in jest, there was some stuff out there as far as like because they had one blowout win over the Wizards, and it's mm-hmm. like that's not why. Like clearly this no. was in the works, right? And, right. You know, already happening, and and I think it's gone somewhat forgotten. He has a history with the Pacers. He was the coach, their coach for four years prior to this run. Uh, they were really they would have been a much better team last year had they not what right around the trade deadline, maybe even a little bit earlier than that kind of said, uh, let's not chase the play in. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure we're not rushing guys back from injuries. Really. You know, they, they prioritize ping pong balls and uh-huh. they worked out. You know, we'll see. We, we don't know what Jairus Walker will become for them, but you know, they ended up with a you know high draft pick. So I, I, I think this is a good move. Good build a little continuity. Your front office has obviously been there a long time. We'll probably continue to be there a long time. Get, uh, you know, keep your coach around. You've got a, a lot of your young players are signed for the next several years too. So I, I, I like the idea. Let's, let's uh, grow this group together. And what a fun game that was yeah. for, for them. I don't know how fun it was for the wizards last year and start your fantasy guys against Washington. Because yeah. they're probably going to go go bananas against that the, them. They're they're not so good. The Wizards, I think, are in for a lot of not so fun games yeah, um, this this season. But I mean, it, well, you mentioned Jarris Walker. He was zero for five. That's not ideal. Only played six minutes though. So yeah, it was um, all garbage time for him. Uh, but Bruce Brown. Yeah. I mean. Despite what Calvin Booth has to say about him, eight for eleven <laughs> and six for eight from three for twenty-four points yeah. in his Pacers debut. That's yep. not too shabby. Not too Good shabby. Stuff. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. Yep. That was. Uh, I want to say. Um, I. I think it was Nate Duncan or Danny Larue. One of the two of them looked it up. He his career high and made threes prior was four. So he topped yeah. his career high in threes by two. Uh, in, debut. Uh, in this game. So. Yeah, he, he played great. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is awesome. Andrew Nemhard looked really good off the bench, too. He had a double-double with points and assists. Uh, Obi Toppin, it, you know, there'll be games where they're going to need more from Obi Toppin, but he did his thing, just filling the lane, running the floor, being be big like that. I they, they are a team, when I look at it, that's a roster where I'm like, I like that guy. I like that guy. I like that guy. But more importantly, they all just kind of fit together mm-hmm. where it's like man they did it just now it makes sense where last year i liked a lot of the guys but i was like 
I don't know about this like four guards around Turner stuff. And now they've just, they, they make that much more sense. And the guys who were maybe playing a role ahead of where they should have been have slotted down into a slightly lesser role, which I think fits them even better. And, you know, I, I I'm excited for what the Spacers team can be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this can be, um, this can be a team that, that can really do some things this season, at least, you know, I'm not expecting them to be, a top tier team or anything no. like that obviously i'm expect I, what i'm expecting is that they will be they'll be solid and i think they're the kind of team that on any given night can can really give you a run and, and make things difficult i also think that um they're going to be a lot of fun for Pacers fans again this is a, a team that's on the rise and that in and of itself can be can be really exciting so yeah mm-hmm. i mean good things here moving forward for the pacers and uh it's they're not trading Miles Turner, Lakers fans. They're not trading Miles. I still get those questions. They're not trading Miles Turner. Um, but he healed, just, yes. There could buddy be a buddy heel trade, but that one could also be too. We could find ourselves in January and all of a sudden, hey, buddy healed and the Pacers did come to an agreement on an extension. Because uh-huh. it doesn't seem to well. be like animosity there, right? It seems to be buddy healed's like, okay, I would like to be somewhere where they will extend me. So if we can find that, let's go. But otherwise, like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to show up. I'm going to play, you know, and the pay from the Pacers side, I think they're like, all right, we, we enjoy having you. And if we can find agreement, then perfect. If we can't, we'd like to keep you here. But, yeah, just keep doing your thing. And he played well last night, too. Uh, he's reverting back to a bench role, which I think on a very good team, that's what Buddy Heald should be, like mm-hmm. a high-volume uh, sixth man who just is like comes in and he's the kind of guy who his shooting is enough where he could truly swing a game. I know my oft used examples are Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. Buddy Hield could be that guy. Sure, yeah, you know, it's coming completely swing games and you know win you a game where you just didn't have anything going otherwise. Uh, Keith, I, I hope you don't mind here, but I'm gonna uh, share uh, the picture you sent me of you watching. Uh, the games last <laughs> night because I, I got to ask oh, no. uh, that's there it is there it is so uh, because uh, this is you know Keith you're you're watching all of these games and the Pacers <laughs> game is right there in, in the corner uh, for podcast listeners Keith sent me his TV screen he has six games on at the same time uh, see I can like I watch NFL Red Zone like that'll just be on all day on, on Sunday and they do a really good job of jumping around I've got like the NFL package where I can have like four games on at a time and I can manage that. I have the hardest time with basketball though, being able to actually watch all the games because football it's, you have a play, then you stop, you play, then you stop play in right. And so there's, it's easier to just focus on one screen. They're, they're in action. This team, this game's just sitting around right now and you kind of jump back and forth. How do you absorb all of it? Are you just like Neo in the matrix or something like that? Like how, how do you do this? So, and if anybody podcast listeners, I did. I also tweeted this out as well too. Oh, you so did. Okay. You I go did. To my Twitter timeline. You you can see it. Um, yeah. It's so. There's a couple of things I've always been. My I, maybe my single best skill is I can multitask really really well. Uh, my wife and daughter would tell you otherwise. Um, but if it's on <laughs> things I am super focused on, I can do multiple things at once the thing with this is i this is more of a way i like this on the league pass nights because it's a way to just kind of keep tabs on a bunch of games there's also a version that goes to eight eight games is the most mm-hmm. they'll ever show at once those ones is i don't spend I, I like it better when it's six or sometimes it's only four because 
when it's eight, the screens just get a little too small. Right. But when this really is helpful is in like the fourth quarter, because then you could kind of, and I don't know if you could see it in the image. There's like a blue box around yeah. Houston, Orlando. Mm -hmm. That that's the game that the sound is on and you can right. float the sound between the, the, the ones. So definitely much easier and works better when the football one, because the football one too, you can be like, Oh, what's going on in the left corner. Like a guy's on a breakaway. And you can kind of quickly zip over to that um, with this. But what I like is when it's a bunch of close games late, if it's like, all right, this one's only got 10 seconds left, they would the way it's set up under SCV, you just hit the button and then it takes you right to that channel too, mm. uh, which is really nice. So yeah, I, it, yeah, I, it's my favorite thing in the world. I love it so much. Like I, it's, it, it's great. And like last night Celtics Knicks. So I had that, on ESPN and whenever it would go to break, this was the channel I flipped to was the game next uh, channel or NBA mix. I don't know, whatever they call it, but yeah, it's, I, uh, yeah, I'm I, I will, <laughs> I may give this a shot, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'd be, I'd have a tough time being able to keep up with all of it at the same time. But that is, that is, that is a beautiful thing. Let me tell you that, that that's <laughs> it. That is a sight to behold. That's for sure. It's a, it feel it's, it's how, it's how I, like give myself a slice of the sports books in Vegas, like, or like, right. Like what it's like to be in like a Buffalo wild wings with you know, <laughs> everything on all at once. So yeah, I love it. They, the really cool thing is direct TV has a version of it uh, during March madness that they do. Oh, too, nice. Um, which is really, then it's like, it's cause it's only ever four at a time. And that's uh that, that's really, really fun. What, um, by the way, direct TV and not a sponsor, but should be a sponsor. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, the next step to this, Keith, and you'll have to see if your wife will eventually let you do this. It's a bunch of full size TVs. Yes. On the on uh, the wall. That way you can just have them all going at once and you get the full size. You just have a wall, a, a basketball wall. A basket wall? Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I like that. The the, the basket wall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in on that. Trademark. That's trademark property, NBA front office show. No one can there use you go. that. That's right. Uh, all you have to yeah, do is say I, it. That's just like <laughs> declaring bankruptcy. All you gotta do is say it out loud. That's it, yep. <laughs> we we actually when we moved into uh, our house and we made this the, the room that is now and now it is just our office it was our guest room slash office uh, now we both work from home it is our shared office uh, we actually considered like putting two TVs it was actually the guy who came to mount the first TV because if I tried to mount a TV like it ended up with a giant hole in the wall and a broken TV so like I am very happy to pay someone with the skills to do that. So when the guy came in, I was like, what do you think about this idea? And he's like, in this room? He's like, no, it's too small. He's like, you, you would. And I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to say that, man. You're <laughs> and, he's like, he's, and he's like, now we actually, we have a fairly um, uh, deep family room, I guess is the best way to describe it. He's like, cause he also hung that TV too. He was like, he's like, yeah, you could do that out here. And, and my wife was like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that is not gonna be a thing no yeah. yeah she i think she in the real world would like you know they have those new tvs and maybe they're not so new but the ones that um they look like picture frames and when they oh, yeah. like are off they display like it looks like a framed picture uh -huh. i think she would ideally like something like that where it's like it's not even a tv when it's a tv whereas me mm -hmm. i'm like i give me like all the TVs. big screens right next to each other and you know let's go like, that would be care. awesome. I also too. I'm like, let's have cords hanging down and dangling. That stuff doesn't bother me. And she's like, no, hide the cords. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That's the, the difference. Wall. So yes, yeah, the wall. yeah, that's yeah. a thing too. Yep, 
Yep. Okay. Well, let's yeah. let's let's get back to uh, well, we are I believe at this point, Keith, we are contractually obligated. Let's talk about James Harden. Um, yeah. The Clippers pause the James Harden trade talks now that their season started. Not a surprise. If I'm the Clippers, I'd want to be able to tell the players and everybody, nope, we're not doing this. We're not talking trade. Go play the game, right? And, and just be able to try to focus on that. But um, what came out was uh, this was via Woj was that the Clippers are confident that they are the only offer out there and they don't want to bid against themselves. Obviously, the closer we get to the trade deadline, which is still a ways away coming up in February, but the closer we get to that, the more um, pressure there is on the 76ers to make a move so that you don't just lose James Harden for nothing next summer. So that's something just to keep an eye on. Again, we are a ways away from that, but something to keep an eye on. But the Clippers are saying, look, we know you don't have any other real offers. So we're not going to bet against ourselves and add anything to this trade that, that we don't want to. And so let's see how the season plays out and who's under pressure and who breaks first. Yeah, I and I fully get it from the Clippers standpoint. I also have been doing this Ooh. and following this league. Oh, did we get something good? This is so this is sleeper that is putting this out. So it's possible I just missed the tweet. It's also possible this tweet is older. But I didn't realize this detail from the 76ers and James Harden thing. Um, Chris Haynes, again, this is via Sleeper that I'm getting this, not via his direct tweet, but um, said that James Harden was actually denied admission onto the team plane by security. Oh, I, was, I know Chris Haynes from Bleacher Report put out a piece uh, just a little while ago, so maybe is that where it came from? It could be, it, maybe it's coming from, from that. Again, this is not, this is quoting Chris Haynes. This is a, a sleeper notification that I got. So right if that's, if that's accurate, I mean, that makes the whole thing a little bit juicier, I suppose. Yeah. Aside from just calling him up and saying, Hey, you know, we're not going to bring you on the trip. Him like physically trying to get on the plane and being stopped by security. That is, uh, that takes it to a little bit of a different place there. Um, yeah. And that's that. I mean, it feels kind of unnecessary. Like, right? I don't like. I don't know. Like, that just feels weird to me. I also don't fully. You could have brought him and just made him inactive and not played him. Like, that's, yeah. Like that's entirely the team's, uh, you know, pri- per, I was gonna say priority prerogative, on mm-hmm. that. Like, you you can do that if you want. Like, you you don't have to. Like, I don't know about the whole barring him from even traveling with the team. And unless you had reason to believe he was, you know, was he going to steal Joel Embiid's jersey and like hide it? Like, then he couldn't right. suit up tonight. <laughs> like, oh, what, what are you so worried about? Like, that, that, that's, that's like a step too far for me from, from this. That seems almost like a reaction to, hey, you took off for a week and a half. Like, now, we, now we're taking back control. We will decide when you go places and where you go and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Those kind of things, I don't know. Back to the actual trade talks, though. Yeah. What it was the point I was going to make was I've been following this league for forever. And we hear things like this sometimes where it's like teams walking away, they're not doing this. And then an injury or a four game losing streak happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, actually, can we re engage? So, you know, I don't, I don't put a ton of stock in that. Yeah. You'll be on. I think the Clippers are saying, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta move on." My guess is this is Ty Lue a little bit telling the front office, like, "Hey, man, can I just coach my roster? Like, I don't want to keep, you know, having you know plans and not installing mm-hmm. stuff because, you know, am I gonna install the you know sets we want to run when Terrence Mann is our primary ball handler if he's not gonna be here? Like that, those are the probably there was probably some pressure from that side, probably from some of the players too. Just mm-hmm. of a, hey, I just want to." go like season starting can we just move on with this so that's that's my guess is where some of this is coming from and it's a negotiating tactic right to your point is clippers they know they're the only ones right so why what why are we going to keep you know what our offers are like Mm -hmm. call us back if you're serious about it like we're not you know we're not going to call you again you call us when you're ready kind of kind of deal on that so we'll we'll see yeah like it's not like the phone line has been shut off or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Like it, they, I mean, they can block the number. Yeah. They could call them. They could be calling them right now. Hey, we changed our minds. You want to make a trade? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, this kind of stuff can restart, obviously. Any I moment. Think you, we, I don't know that we've actually talked about this. I apologize. Is um, Sam, I think it was Sam Amick of the athletic reported, which I thought was really good. It might've done it on um, Alex Kennedy's new show where he kind of goes like brings in guests and it's kind of more like rapid fire. It seems like I think you were, you did it with Alex, uh-huh. right? Yeah, like I was a, on yep. a week or so ago. Um, I think Alex, um, I think it was Sam Amick said on there, he clarified, it is not that Terrence Mann is off the table. It is that the Clippers will not give up Terrence Mann and unprotected picks both. Hmm. Like they, they're they not going to do that. That's like where they're saying, hey, you can do one, one or the other. other. 
which if it's not Terrence Mann, that means somebody else has to be in there as part of the matching salary. Obviously, Terrence Mann also isn't enough by himself either. So there's going to be other guys, but the Clippers have enough matching salary to make it work numerous different ways and numerous different ways without even getting deep into rotation players. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was worth kind of bringing up here because I don't think we had actually talked about that clarification. And it makes a lot of sense because a lot more people have been like, how is it Terrence Mann that is holding up this deal from getting done? Yeah. Yeah. When it's Terrence Mann plus, you know, multiple unprotected picks. Yeah. That's, I I don't think I'd do that either if I was the, the Clippers. That's a that's a good distinction. That's a good distinction to make. That it's not necessarily Terrence Mann. It's the it's the accumulation of all of the stuff. And they're saying, look, you can pick one of these things, but you can't have them all. Um, it's like when you well, take your kid to the me to Toys R Us. Exactly. That's why I was just going. That see, Keith. That's why we do this show together. I was just going to that. Yep. I was going to say your like parents take you to the toy Ninja store. Turtles in my hand or GI Joe's. Yep. Like, you can have yeah, Leonardo one. or Donatello, yeah. not both. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The yep, Ninja yep. Turtles were the one where I actually won that fight, though. And I kind of got my mom there because I'm like, you can't have just one Ninja Turtle. Like, they're the Ninja Turtles and right. they're brothers. Like, you're breaking up the family if I don't <laughs> play on the emotions. I love the Ninja Turtles. You're breaking up a family. Oh, <laughs> I went through, I went through this cycle where I went through a period where each turtle was my favorite for a little bit. You know, I think I started with like Raphael and then I just kind of progressed and, you know, oh, this month it's it's Michelangelo is my favorite or whatever. But I was I was huge into Ninja Turtles. Ah, the best. They were great, uh, man. That was the thing. Um, by the way, just clarity on the, the Chris Haynes piece. Um, apparently, officials told Harden, hey, it's, it, he, these are the benefits of you not going when they were at practice. But it wasn't like, hey, you can't go. It was more like, hey, these are the benefits of not going. And then Harden showed up at the at the airport like, ready to get on the plane and that's when security had been called and told hey don't let him on the plane and they told him he's not allowed to fly which that's messier than it needs to be there was obviously some kind of type of miscommunication there yeah yeah that's yeah that is weird i i would like to hear a reason from the team on that Mm because that just i get the idea we want you to stay here and ramp up if that's a reason they're they're gonna give but that doesn't seem like reason why there's also I cause I had it up while you were uh, talking. I glanced through it too. There was apparently Harden's. So if anybody does, doesn't know each player is assigned an assistant coach who kind of becomes mm-hmm. their coach for the season and they work them out. They do. That's who they'll do like individual film sessions with and all sorts of stuff. And Harden was Harden apparently was like, I want to keep working with Rico Hines, who is mm-hmm. an assistant coach on the Sixers who Harden's like, if that's like my guy, like if he's not going to be here, like I'll travel and I'll work out with him in Milwaukee, you know, probably like mm-hmm. now ish or, uh, you know, earlier this morning or whatever it was before the game. And that'll be my workout. So, there's there's obviously multiple layers to all of this and it's yes. all you know everybody's now playing some games and it's going to be more more games yeah, like this played and probably less games on the court actually played than yeah i was going to say everybody's playing games except for james harden who literally will not be playing tonight yeah yep. uh last thing we've got for today the nba officially we talked about this the other day but they are going back to the future NBA All-Star Game is back to the East versus West format, and the Elam ending is no more. It will be regular quarters, 12-minute quarters uh, for the All-Star Game. So we're back to the way it used to be. And, you know, Keith, I talked about this on the show. 
I said that I wanted them to just settle on something, figure it out. How are you going to get the players to care and settle on something? And I saw Kevin O'Connor made the case that maybe you can't settle on something. And I'm, and I'm starting to really consider this. Maybe this is just something that every few years you have to switch it up in order to try to keep it from going stale. I think that's very fair. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Clearly the whole draft thing was fun and I think everybody had fun with it, but there were definitely guys who were like, I don't want to do this because I'm going to be the last pick. And, you know, mm-hmm. I always thought Al Horford, the, I think it was the very first year they did it, gave the best answer where he's like, Oh no, I'm the last all-star picked. Yeah. I'm still an all-star. Like he was kind of like, I don't, but, but he was also deep into his career and I don't think really cared at that point. So sure. The drafting was fun. I don't think it juiced it the way the NBA really wanted. And they tried different uh, versions of the draft type thing and all that. So I don't have a problem with this. It was the most fun part of the draft for me was seeing like, like as a Celtics guy, it was fun when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown went head to head. Mm-hmm. And they did that for like, everybody kind of cleared out and let them play almost one-on-one for like four or five possessions in a row. That's fun. The Elam ending being gone, you know I don't really like the Elam ending, mm-hmm. but I like it in the All-Star game because the All-Star game, if it can end early, great. Be done with it. Like, I don't, <laughs> That's I don't why you like it. Get that. the yeah. game over with. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I It's the worst part of All-Star weekend, and I don't know how you fix it. So maybe Kevin's right. Like maybe it is just keep trying new stuff, and, you know, and if it starts to feel stale, you roll something back out. I, I, a lot of people post, just bring the best 24 dudes and play a one-on-one tournament. Like just well, the players like, won't do that. Players would never. It's exactly they, they, they won't right. go one-on-one because then people will say, Oh, this player is better than that player. Cause he beat exactly. Him. That's yeah. why. And it's also not, it's not exactly fair to some of the guys because it's oh, sure. like, Hey, I'm actually really good in five on five, but one-on-one, like, you know, trying to guard that player X one-on-one who I would never guard in a real game, not a real thing, but you know, and then you have, um, Yo, know, I thought of you know, what if you just did like a two-on-two tournament? Like, like, mm-hmm. hey, here's the 24 all-stars, and the top you know, vote getters get to pick their teammate. You know, NBA who do you want to be your teammate? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have like you, you can't actually you know get on fire because that's dangerous. <laughs> that's that is dangerous. That, but, um <laughs> you maybe have on fire spots, right? Like you know, or something. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. And then somebody's gonna be like, why not put a trampoline out there? And then the next thing you know, we're playing slam ball and you know, that's, that's, we, we've, we've completely lost the script, but there, there would be some insurance concerns at that point. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 yeah, I just don't know how to make, I don't know how to make the players care, which that's going to make the fans care. So might as well do East versus West again and go like it. That I remember caring about this so much when I was a kid in mm-hmm. my like, dad and uncles were like why why do you care so much and i was like because we have to prove the east is better than the west and it's like that proves absolutely nothing (laughs) well and there was and there's players now who when they get selected are like like they'll say oh it's an honor and all that kind of stuff but really they're thinking well now i can't take my family on that vacation You know what I mean? Like they're, they're hoping to not make it. So like, especially the guys that are like truly established in the league and they're not worried about their spot or anything like that. Like they they want to use that week to go, to go get out of town for a little bit, spend some time with their family and rest up. 
Um, and so if that's going to be the case where guys would prefer to not make it rather than make it, and again, not everybody feels that way, but exactly. there's a decent amount of players who are like, meh, if given the choice, they would pass on, on being an all-star so they could go spend time with family and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, I think the guys who are been there 10 times yeah. already, I think most of them would just as soon not go every once in a while. I don't think they want it to be like, I never want to go again. Right, but I do think right. there is some like, I don't really care enough to do this. So yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally there. Because the, the funniest locker room of the year is the locker room the day before the All-Star break. Because oh, like... Yeah. You have some of the guys in there. Like, I remember when uh, Vooch made it the first time for the Magic. There's a bunch of guys who were like, hi, you have to go. Like, and they're, they're like, well, and I think it was Evan Fournier. He's like, I'll text you from the beach. <laughs> you know, like, you know they, they want to say it was, I forget where it was, or somewhere cold. Right, right, right. It's in it's in Utah or it's in Minnesota or something yeah. or something like that. And, and you've got guys that are going to the Bahamas or yeah. going to Tahiti or yeah. something. Yeah. And it's like the locker room where guys are like, we we've both been in the locker room plenty mm -hmm. there are some guys who they purposely take as long as they can hoping to wait out the media and like we're gonna leave mm -hmm. which to my recollection has never actually worked but when you're in the locker room the day before all-star those dudes if they're not going to all-star like they're like let's talk right now like I, yeah. i've seen guys not even before they even they're like you need me let's go yo I i'm not gonna say who it is i've watched a player two years in a row leave a locker room in Orlando in his uniform, just throwing a sweatshirt over the top because he was headed directly to the airport. Yep. To to go yeah, to, to go to a beach. So like yeah, I it's it's I don't blame yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, man. It's yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know how you make people care, but it's yep. keep working, I guess, at it, right? You'll find some solution eventually that you know, but maybe maybe that is what it is because I was into it the first year of the draft. Like I was like, all right, sure. this is fun, you know. And then I stopped caring about midway through the second quarter because I was like, all right, now it's just a bunch of dunks and three pointers and cool. All right, nobody get yep. hurt. So yeah, everybody playing the Olay style of defense. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, the All Star Game it is back to what it once was, East versus West. Um. And what rivalry is back on. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, in any, in any event, hopefully this, this does breathe some new life into the all-star game. It's just, it, it's funny to me that the way to reinvigorate the all-star game is to go back to what, to what it used to be, <laughs> to not innovate instead, go back to, to what we did before. But, but again, maybe it just comes down to changing it every few years and that creates interest. We'll see. But, uh, thank you, everybody, for, for watching the show. Make sure that you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, hit that like button for us as well. And then over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you wouldn't mind following us there as well, a uh, great way to support the show. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.